For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Take the Black Live, the show where myself, Dan Selke of WinterIsComing.net and Mia Johnson of Fansided.com talk all things Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, fantasy, sci-fi, superheroes, nerdy stuff, geeky things, things of this nature. Thanks everybody for coming. I see a lot of people in there today. Who's all, who's all here, Mia? We've got Freddie, we've got Julie, Martha, Deborah, Julie again. <laughs> Hello to everyone. <laughs> Yes, hello, everybody. <laughs> All right. So, as usual, lots happened. New York Comic Con happened this week. Yeah. This, this past weekend. Yeah? yeah oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what day <laughs> know, it is. It's been a long so week quickly. for me. <laughs> I mean, I was at a different con when that was going on. You mm-hmm. went to a big press event this weekend. Yeah. We have cons coming up. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about that. But first, I mean, I, I like trying to start these things off. At least started off with a Game of Thrones, of Song course. of Fire topic. And you know what? George R. R. Martin, author of Song of Fire, is in Chicago right now. <gasps> Why isn't he right here? Why right isn't now? he right mm. here? Why don't we get that? Mm. That would have been right, amazing. This show is canceled until he's back. No, no, no. Oh we've God. got stuff to talk about. It's fine. I totally do. But I mean, he, he's he's in Chicago to get a literary award, the Carl Sandburg Literary Award. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it's very prestigious. <laughs> and uh, wouldn't that be cool if we can get him into the studio? I know. I know. <laughs> Just like, you know, I don't know how to lure him in here. Like, what do we, you know, like free free book writing oh, consultation help? <laughs> No, I mean, right he, in obviously he desperately needs us to promote his new book, <laughs> The Winds of Winter. How else will he get the word out? I don't know. I, I don't know if anybody's going to read it. Who I don't know, man. Hmm. <laughs> Speaking of which, he's talking to people about it. He talked to um John Cass at the Tribune. Do you ever read him, by the way? The Tribune? Yeah. Mm. John Cass. I think it's kind of pompous. But mm. he interviewed, I've read his columns for a while. He interviewed George R. R. Martin. And, um, you know, he kind of gives an update about okay. uh, The Winds of Winter that, uh, that long and coming sixth book in his series. Yeah. Just kind of explain. We all know it's taken forever since 2011. Mm-hmm. <laughs> eight years <laughs> and counting. And just kind of put into context why it's taking so long. Okay. And he said a bunch of stuff, but I'll read one bit. Okay. Uh, there was a period where the show caught and passed me, and I hadn't anticipated that happening. So there was a tremendous amount of stress on me for a few years, a few years ago, when that was about to happen, but hadn't happened yet. And I was desperately trying to finish wins and stay ahead, and it didn't work. The amount of stress that was on me at the time slowed me down rather than speeding me up. Now that the show is over, any stress in that regard is done. But of course, we have five successor shows in various stages of development, and one of them has just finished shooting, the pilot episode in Northern Ireland, and another one's very close to getting a pilot order. I'm involved with all of those as well. His basic takeaway was... Um, 
the reason it's taking a long time, according to him, mm-hmm. is that he's involved in a lot of other things, mm-hmm. which he is. The, yeah, yeah. So here's it's not wrong. <laughs> he, like, it, like to me, it's, it's, almost, it's, it's like the irony of it. Yeah. Where <laughs> if Game of Thrones and the series hadn't been as successful, it would probably already be out, like mm. the final books. Yeah. But if it hadn't been as successful, people wouldn't care so much. Yeah. Or in such numbers. Because he's basically saying, okay, you know, fans, fan expectations stress me out. Right. I have millions of people waiting for this book to come out, which is very gratifying. <laughs> but some of them are extremely impatient. Some of them are full of their own ideas about the fates of various characters. I'm glad I can get emotionally involved. Sometimes I yearn for the days when I could just work in quiet obscurity. Aww. But those days are gone for me. I'm afraid that's the reality of my life now. Yeah. So expectations put stress on him. The fact that he's now involved in, you know, Game of Thrones successor shows. He, I mean, yeah. he consults on them. Yeah. He's executive producing a show called Who Fears Death, like an Afrofuturist sci-fi story for HBO. And that's oh, obviously like completely separate. Completely from separate. Oh, okay. He has his wild card show is being produced by Hulu. I don't think he's involved in that one, but still okay. he must like, you know, consult yeah. a little bit. Um, so it's you- this. And, you know, some people like they don't. Some people are driven by pressure. Yeah, and, like, I get it. it. it yeah, and some people you, like completely, you know, get crushed under the pressure. Right. To me, I feel like it's a game of priorities. Mm-hmm. And not to say like I'm in his specific position, but I think we've no, all been only. in place. Right. <laughs> we've all been in places where we just have a ton of crap to do on our to-do list. Um, and it feels monumental. Again, not as monumental as, you know, producing all these shows and having to write a huge novel. And I hope it's not like hypocritical of me to like, to be like, this is my advice because obviously I'm not in this position. <laughs> but it, you know, it, to me, it it seems like you need to prioritize what needs my attention and what could be on the yes. back burner. And of course, if you've got, I, see, I don't know like how many people like he can trust to help push out those shows as well. Right. Do you know the more famous you get, the more help you're going to need. Very true. So if he needs some minions to do his work, which he he, he sure. literally calls those assistants minions. Like and that, that's not that's not I'm not lying. That's what he calls them. Oh my god. I mean, he also he also started like a nonprofit foundation. Yeah. You know, one of the things is like when you get famous, you have a bigger platform. Mm-hmm. Of course you want to do more stuff. Yeah. But then it's this it, again, I I think there's an irony to it. Not quite a tragic irony yet because yeah, we can still right. get the books, yeah. but I really do think that if they hadn't been a success, the show or the book series, they'd probably already be out. But then it wouldn't matter as much because exactly. it wouldn't be so rabid for exactly. them. But the p- fact that they're rabid for them is why they is why they put pressure on it, which slows them down even more. It's yeah. it's not a great cycle. It it really isn't, and I I, I do feel terribly bad. Do you? I was going to ask. Do you feel bad? Do you feel? By the way, I'm getting some reviews about my impression over here. Oh, come on. Um. <laughs> well, I think, you know what? All we need is the hat. And if we put the <laughs> hat on, you wouldn't be able to tell who was who. Is that a British accent, <laughs> Louise asks? And Bonnie knows it's George's voice. Very true. Thank you. And Corinne thinks he should not try to do an impression, <laughs> which, fair. Um. <laughs> it's all right. It's it's nothing professional. But, um, yeah, it's like in a way, because like I said, we've all like, felt stress we've all felt sure, the pressure yeah. to like get a ton of things done so in a way i do sympathize with him for that uh but it's like yeah if you need to put some projects and like you know i th- I think right now the priority to me would be getting the rest of the books out because that's I mean, what the fans want and i think it is the priority yeah. but it doesn't discount the fact that he's he can he can do whatever he wants and he does 
he does have more things on his plate, yeah. even if, like, he, he, he gives another big speech about, not a speech, he, he talked about how, um, you know, when he's working on the books and when it's going well, he, like, lies in bed at night and just thinks unbidden about what would hmm. Arya do in the situation, what would Tyrion do. <laughs> and, I mean, now yeah. he's lying in bed and thinking about, like, his nonprofit organization, yeah, just, like, not being it. able to it. not think yeah. about it. And he says, I need to get back. I really have to get I have to put myself on a state where I'm not being distracted by other stuff. And that period of time at night is filled with the voices of Tyrion Lannister and Arya Stark and the other fictional characters who live inside of me. He has like a nasally kind of higher voice that I enjoy doing. I don't even think I heard what you said. I was just laughing at the voice. <laughs> it wasn't great, Dan. I love it. But uh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I'll take you into yeah. account and not you, do it anymore. I, I feel like the reviews are uh, overall You poor. know what? I think he needs a writing buddy. And actually, NaNoWriMo is coming up, you know, oh, yeah, um, November is. writing challenge. So if he can get a buddy <laughs> and, and hold him uh, accountable to some deadlines, you know, like you need someone, like people even do this with like exercising and all that. Like you need somebody to hold you accountable because it's really hard That's to trust true. yourself. It's very true. So I think he just needs that person to kind of be like, okay, we got to get five chapters done in two months. What can you do? And, you know, I'm sure people will be glad to, to uh, send him some applications. I thought it was a hobbit crossed with Gollum. Good effort for trying, though. Okay, I'll take that. So, just, a, just a small round of applause. I agree with you. Effort. And, uh, you know, he'll be in Chicago for a few days. Hey, mm -hmm. uh, Martin, if you want to come by, take the Black Live and speak to us about anything you want. Um, we won't even mention Game of Thrones, Long of Us and Fire. Feel absolutely free. Oh, yeah. We'd love oh, to yeah. have you here. Yeah, we'll make some space. <laughs> Somehow. I'll, I'll, I'll leave. You can just sit here yeah. for whatever and just talk. <laughs> just talk. All right. So, that's our George R. R. Martin update. Oh, um, boy. You know, he, was, he, he went to Northwestern. Oh, university? Yeah, university. All so right, that's, go he's, that's why he's back. So he knows Chicago All so right. well. Not my school, but go him. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's Chicago. Yeah, right? yeah. He it's, says, it's a local, yeah, connection. There's like a giant blizzard in 67 that he's, people have like theorized, but have inspired the wall because there were like giant things of ice, but I don't think that's true. Mm. Anyway, um, in other news, New York Comic Con, the second biggest uh, pop culture convention yep. of the year happened over this weekend. Yep. Um, if you were to choose one thing from it that you kind of stood out, what would it be? We'll, you know we'll, what? We'll, we'll just limit it to one thing because like yeah. lots of stuff oh, happened. We so got much. you know Picard was being talked about yeah. a lot. What else made big buzz there? Watchmen, Watchmen. Uh, did a bunch of stuff. Yeah, there was some Marvel game stuff that I really liked. But uh, my favorite thing was the kind of like teaser for Free Guy. Starring, what manner of teaser was so it? So what they did. This is starring Ryan Reynolds. You can see Joe Curie from Stranger Things, mm -hmm. uh, even a little real Howery and uh, Taika Waititi, who's not there. Oh, Taika yeah. Okay, cool. So he's in it. And so what the teaser was, it wasn't a trailer, but it was just kind of like a cast, like, oh, hey, we're so happy sure. to be here and, and be in the movie. And then it turns into a joke. Um, of course it did. Where <laughs> it's better if you had seen it, but, you know, they, uh, Taika Waititi and Ryan Reynolds are talking about how they never worked together. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, yes, you guys have. And come to find out, they worked in Green Lantern together, which should oh. which should just never be mentioned at all. So that was quite was funny. Was Taika Waititi as a director or an he actor? He had a role in it. Did he? Yeah, he did. Know. It very much forgettable. <laughs> yeah, so that's why no one. <laughs> what about the movie intrigued? But you? Like about why is this the your movie. Pick? So the movie is about Ryan Reynolds, who discovers that he's a non-playable character in a video game. And <laughs> I love that we've entered this phase yeah. of movies where we're like riffing on this topic. Yeah. 
And so it looks like he's in kind of like, he might be in like a Grand Theft Auto type world or something mm -hmm. like that. He works as a like bank teller and the bank's getting robbed. But to me, and I wrote a story about this, I was like, this sounds like the Sims movie that we never got. It does. Where like the character becomes very self-aware. And not so much like, you know, we have like Ralph, uh, what is that? Breaks, Breaks the, the internet, internet yeah. and all that stuff for like Ready Player One. This one is more about those video game characters. So that has really got me pumped. And it's got a great cast. Right, really quick question. It does sound it does sound intriguing. Yeah. I love that video game movies are now becoming more high concept like oh, that. Yeah. Like I love the history of them. You had the yeah. like really rough period where like the very first ones were just <laughs> terrible. Like, no. And now I think the kids who play video games are getting old enough to like make sophisticated movies about them. Exactly. So we'll start seeing better stuff. Exactly. By the way, Caleb asked, do you guys know when the next show set in Georgia's world will air? Um, nobody knows Caleb, but they shot a pilot. So, you know, not too, like maybe next, as early as next year. Yeah. Even, if they yeah, could like awesome. uh, uh, get it snappy on. So I don't think we're waiting that much longer for a Martin show. Like 2020 at the latest. But we'll see. Um, I... Saw a bunch of stuff, yeah. but um, I liked His Dark Materials, Ooh, which is a new yeah, show coming yeah. to HBO. Which I was at the panel for that at San Diego Comic Con. Does that yeah. interest you? That's that's you a that's what? a trilogy uh, by Philip Pullman. Right, right. Kind of, it's fantasy. It's a fantasy show. It's on HBO, so it, it's kind of like a post Game of Thrones thing where they mm -hmm. wanted to fill this fantasy hole. But it, it's a different sort of like it's not medieval based. Right. It's it's steampunk. Steam, a yeah, bit, I was going to say if that. Anything. <laughs> But it's also quite British, mm -hmm. and it's kind of mannered, and uh, it kind of brings in, like, some, like, gypsy influences, yeah. and, again, like, steampunk zeppelins. <laughs> like, you, there's, like, a, there's, like, a Oxford College, like, kind of English uh, higher education angle to it. It's It's a pretty fun mix yeah. and I, I like the books and i think yeah. they could do really well if they adapt and well. you know what it seems like the difference between like what we saw at comic-con and then new york comic-con mm -hmm. it seems this new trailer seemed a lot darker for some reason like the first trailer was kind of just like oh yeah this is a cool fantasy world and you've got like animal companions and stuff like that and now it's just like, and this is going to be really dark. And this little girl is going to have to fight for her life. And I was like, wow. Why don't we find <laughs> out what it's a little bit like by watching part of the trailer? Yeah. Let's roll it. I set out for the north some 12 months ago. And this is the first of the discoveries I made. A myriad of worlds of which the Magisterium controls only one. For centuries, they have been trying to keep us where they want us. One on these. You promised the Magisterium. You control Hasriel. Then we'll need to take the matter into our own hands. Lyra, there's a great change coming that will threaten us all. I'm going to give you something. What does it do? It has a part to play in all this. And a major one. Tell me where the Alethiometer is. So again, I, th I, I like the setting, and I, I think the source material is very, very strong. If you haven't read the books, they're just they're they're what they have a lot of care put into them. Oh yeah, that's I think. Have you ever read them? I've done. That's what I've heard. Yeah, a lot they're, of they're, they're stuff, quite yeah. solid, and I like that they're confining to like three seasons, and you're out. Mm -hmm. I'm glad they're not gonna like. Yeah. Because I like uh, uh, American Gods on Stars is like I read that book too. Short mm -hmm. little fun book, fantasy book. And they're like on their third season, and it's like this is not. Yeah, I don't. I don't really like dragging things out past the point of it. Just like you know, 
at some point it's going to get washed up. So like if this like specifically knows they're like, okay, we're going to have three seasons. We're going to make sure we hit the books and everything, you know, that sounds good to me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Louis looking forward to hit the materials out of the books. I do too. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to like describe it though. Do you agree, Louise? Because it's so different than a lot of other things I read. But I'm looking forward to it a lot. Anyway, uh, what were the names of those books? His Dark Materials. You got The Golden Compass mm-hmm. or The Northern Lights in England. Uh, the Subtle Knife and The Amber Spyglass. Ooh. All solid stuff. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, New York Comic Con. We've actually been going to a lot of cons lately. Yeah, busy, this past busy, weekend, busy. I went to Stranger Con here in <laughs> Rosemont, Illinois, or outside sort of Chicago. Um, so I wish of all things Stranger Things, and it was rather adorable, Aww. as you can see with this picture of all the cosplayers up there on the stage. It was Aww, it was pretty that. cute. You know, everybody's got like, you know, their, did you watch the third season? Mm-hmm. Like at Steve Scoops from Ahoy. the Scoops Ahoy, yeah. it was very popular, <laughs> 11s. I did like, like, it's a lot of it was, was younger. I did like a few of, there were like a few older people who were like dressed as the kids, yeah. and that was <laughs> fun. Um, but yeah, it, it was a good time. You know... I've been to, like, a Game of Thrones cons now. I've been yeah. to, like, the all three Con of Throneses, and they're a lot of fun. And it was it was fun, like, how different the panels were. Like, they had Caleb McLaughlin, who plays uh, Lucas, yeah. do a panel. And, and his sister, too, who plays uh, Erica. Oh, yeah, what she, a sweetheart. She, she's a blast. <laughs> but I liked how... In the game of, and that's my incredibly fuzzy, melty face picture oh, of him on my phone. 10 out of 10 photography. <laughs> <laughs> it's my phone, okay? Uh, anyway, so... what? what when I'm at these Game of Thrones cons and people are talking to like to Nikolai Costa Wild now on the stage, and they ask him things like, you know, what did Jamie mean in this scene when he said this thing to Cersei? Or like, how yeah. did you approach this one angle from this one scene in episode season three, episode yeah, four? Yeah, getting like really into the specifics. And again, <laughs> no judgment. This is this was adorable, but like every single question for Caleb was from a twelve to thirteen year old girl, and they always preface it with, I love you so much. Aww. Oh, they were they were like it was like the Beatles. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty cute. You know, obviously, it, 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 it skewed younger. They, yeah. they, their parents put yeah. kids there. Yeah. It, it, was, it was fun, yeah. though. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. And you also went to a, 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 a media event recently. Yeah. You go to? And I'm, I'm so knocked out. So um, <laughs> this past Monday, I went to a really big media event for all the Chicago uh, NBC shows. So Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, Chicago PD. And so... Um, that right there, they had an interactive portion where you could like become basically a cast member on set. So that was like the Chicago Med portion. That's the guy who plays uh, Dr. Will Halstead. <laughs> and so it's like you get your like scrub. Well, not really the scrubs, but you get your gown on. You learn how to do like CPR. Oh, and, that's cool. And they have like actual like not just the actors, but actual professionals like guiding you into like how they they're really basically consultants and they're the people who consult everyone on set. So that was really cool. Um, I also got to do the firefighter training, <laughs> which was so intense. I was wearing like, well, obviously not there, but they had me put on the full gear. Really? And that stuff is super, super duper heavy. You've got the boots, the pants, the jacket, yeah. the oxygen tank. Um, <laughs> was it like hard to move and all of it? It was really hard to move on top of having a mask on where I could like barely breathe. <laughs> so I was like, wow, this is a great simulation. <laughs> Did they like have you put out a fire? Oh God, no. Thank goodness. No. Um, if you can see in the background, that weird thing, there's a <laughs> yeah. body in the bed. So we had to do a rescue mission <laughs> where, where you would go, you come into the apartment and you have to find the body without being able to see yeah, much naturally. and then bring him out of the apartment. So... <laughs> 
there's that body. My team Did rescued you save him. him. Oh, good. And, I'm glad. And a record amount of time. We were like one of the best. So I have to, uh, I have to brag a little bit about uh, me and my other fellow journalists who worked together. But it was really fun just to interview the cast. Um, it was pretty much all day. And I'll get some stories written up about that because uh, they have a crossover episode coming up, which anything, would be really cool. Anything stand out to you from the interviews? Did you learn anything, Jesse? Okay, you, first of all, yeah. really quickly. <laughs> How many of these shows are there? Chicago there, Med, Chicago Fire. NPD. NPD. Yeah, the cop show. So okay, there's so three. three. One was canceled, which was Chicago Justice. Oh. Um, and so, um, yeah, the biggest thing that they, they really wanted to talk about the crossover, which is kind of interesting. It, it's kind of like they were like, it might even be like The Walking Dead. Because like a big infection is going <laughs> to break out that. and then it's going to oh, spread. And so it okay. takes all three of like the investigative units to figure out and to do their job about how to contain it, who's to blame, and so on and so forth. So, like, someone gets infected mm-hmm. and starts a grease fire in their apartment, and then they go to the hospital, <laughs> well, the fire blazes up, and they're on parole. Right? <laughs> I think you solved it. I don't even think anyone needs to watch anymore. Oh, darn it. <laughs> but, no, yeah, it was a, it was a really cool experience. And, like, it's not a Just show a that fun. I, like, typically tune into, but I was like, you know what? I love those guys were so great, and I was like, I'm really going to tune in. To see um, cool. the crossover. It airs next week, so that'll be cool. Sweet. I mean, yeah. I, I, have, I have not watched any of them. It does sound fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're cool. practically BFFs now, so, you know, you just <laughs> want to come to set. Yeah. Your friend. <laughs> and, uh, and before we circle back to a final Game of Thrones thing, yeah. um, I want to bring up a topic that you definitely have seen before and I've seen before. Uh, Marvel movies, very uh-huh. popular, very oh big, very mm-hmm. happening. And there is some discourse going around this week that I thought we could dive into a little bit. I'd love to hear your opinions, people uh, listening in internet land about oh, this. Hmm. So Martin Scorsese, legendary, leg- I, I want to clarify, legendary yeah, director. Yeah. Very, imp- I, I love Martin Scorsese. Yeah. I mean, Goodfellas, Casino. Yeah, Taxi I do. Driver, I love Raging his work. Bowl. I love his work. Um, I hear The Irishman's great. I haven't had time to watch it yet yeah. on Netflix. I don't I, know. Is it I, out? I, I, yeah, it's out. Oh, okay. I, I set aside like five hours of my life and just watch it. <laughs> um, he was talking to Empire about the movie, and mm-hmm. he had something to say about Marvel movies. He said, I don't see Marvel movies. I tried, you know, but but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them, as well-made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, is theme parks. Mm. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. So, he's saying this about the most successful um, string of movies, maybe ever. I mean, it's quite possibly ever. probably next to Star Wars. (laughs) And, you know, after this, a bunch of Marvel folks came out and basically... Like, they, they, they had variations on, you're entitled to your wrong opinion. Right. I think everyone <laughs> was very respectful, because it's Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, James Gunn disagreed. Samuel Jackson disagreed. Tony, not Tony Stark. Um, Actual Tony Stark. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> as, you know, coming out and saying, like, I mean, it plays in theaters, he said. So, it's cinema. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you about it, but first... Okay. All right. I want to side with Scorsese's point of view to okay. kick this off. So, I mean, obviously, I, I think it, they're cinema. I do because they're they're movies and they're playing in a in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's pretty low bar. <laughs> um, I I I suspect that where he's coming from is that that there's a kind of 
business element that he wasn't really dealing with in the 70s when he was balling with Steven Spielberg and <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola and the likes. Where the, the Marvel movies, is, and I enjoy them, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, like, each one is kind of like a commercial for the next one in a way. I think there's this like commerce element to them mm-hmm. that even though they're great and I've, I've enjoyed it, I've enjoyed every one I've seen. I yeah. really have. Um, I do see, I think what he's talking about with, they're not really made to just be like emotional political statements by themselves, mm-hmm. or at least a lot of them aren't. So that's where I can sympathize with him. Yeah. What do you think? Mia Johnson. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, to me, this is one of those like, um, what's that? It's like the Grandpa Simpson meme uh-huh. where it's like old man yells at clouds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just that element to and it. And I, I think <laughs> uh, maybe to me, I feel like it's more of like a like, ooh, you know, the definition or the difference between like a highbrow movie versus just like a popular sure. everyday sort of movie. And I feel like this conversation came up definitely last year, whenever the year before. When people are like, well, should Black Panther be nominated for an Oscar? Um, and to me, it, it, it I don't know, I, it just because it's like a trivial matter where it's like, you know, superheroes are for kids or whatever. I think we've seen now that it, it speaks way past that. It speaks yeah. way past this just being like, you know, for my son or for my daughter or whatever it is. And um, who, oh, Bill, um, how do you say that guy's name? Bill Mayer? Mayer? Murray? <laughs> M, the guy who... Oh, uh, oh um, Bill, Bill Mayer. Mayer. Mar. What, yeah. Real time. <laughs> Real time, Mayer. that guy. He had come out last... I think this was last year as well. Just kind of saying like, you know, I don't know how people can like superheroes or something like that. Or like, you know, it's... it's if there's you're not ever an, an old man yells at cloud guy, it's definitely Bill Mar, Mayer, Mayer, or whatever. Yeah. That guy is so yeah. up his own butt. But, but, like, I, but I think that just like overall, I don't think like you know it, it's it's the worst movie it's not they're not making adam sandler movies here right <laughs> there are no. i think there no. are characters <laughs> and these characters have emotional stakes and what you see when you really dive into the fandom is that these people are so invested in these characters and their journeys and their arcs um i mean similar to what you would see in harry potter or like i said star wars so yeah. or i mean like who's to say that like you know black panther or far from home didn't touch somebody like um, like Raging Bull taught somebody back in the yeah, day. I mean, yeah. I, I think like at the end of the day, it might be like a distinction without a difference mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, if these movies are inspiring people mm-hmm. and giving people, you know, great experiences, what's really the difference? Yeah. Although so, I, I do think you can't draw a distinction. Can't, or what do you mean? I do think, again, I, I do see where he's coming from. Right. I, yeah, it, I, I, I do think you can kind of look at what the Marvel movies are built on Mm -hmm. and say how it's different than something like The Irishman. Right. But I'm not sure it really matters. Yeah, it's kind of hard because it's like, okay, you do have these basic narratives. I mean, it's at the end of the day, it is a basic narrative like, um, you know, it's a coming of age story like with Spider-Man or something. Uh, But yeah, because they are like cloaked and covered and packaged Mm -hmm. as a superhero narrative as well. I think that's where it kind of like, you know, loses its, its, I wouldn't say value, but you know, people knock off a couple points because of that. So, and I think it's just a stigma that, you know, maybe as time goes on, people begin to shake it off. 
But some great comments. Um, yeah. We will read them, yeah. but I, I have one more brilliant point to make. <laughs> um, and, and, we're, and, and, then we're seeing, and then we're seeing things like Joker, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is a Taxi Driver remake with a superhero. Joker is a is – is, if Martin Scorsese directed a – if Martin Scorsese directed a superhero movie, it would be Joker. Mm. Like it's it's basically a carbon copy. That I want to I um, want to get out to see that this mm, weekend. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was interesting, but uh, I mean it's weird because that is an attempt to like take a superhero movie and make it more like a Martin Scorsese type. Exactly. Thing. Yeah. So yeah. I think there's still plenty of room for. I think I said this another time in the recent past for superhero things to grow out and become more than they are yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, let's read some of these comments because you guys are being very <laughs> subtle and very intelligent. Uh, Julie says, Marvel has a selective audience, but they are still movies. Yes, true. I get where he's coming from, though. I agree with you, Julie. I think right. we're on the same page. Right. And Louise says, I love Martin Scorsese and his films in Marvel too. Everything has their place, though. I can watch both. True. I suppose Marvel and now Star Wars are now a huge movie plan, whereas he does one-offs. It's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Each of the Marvel films do stand out. There is space for all of them. And I agree with that. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to, you know, not admire Kevin Feige and company for what they've done. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I also love what Martin Scorsese does. I and do, yeah. yeah th- there's plenty of room for both of it. It's, yeah, times are changing with these movies and trying to build their universes and things. I, I mean, I don't want Scorsese's style to go. Like, I don't want it all to be like a giant shared universe epic plan thing. Yeah. I do yeah. want. There's a time and a place for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's like his movies are definitely not that type of thing. I mean, and it is okay. Um, <laughs> do I have any other points about this before we can now move on to our final, yes. mo- easily most important segment of the episode? Do, do, I, do, do you have any other thoughts? Oh, I, I don't. I think. Well, I'm eager to say. I, I think I know what you're going to talk about next. Well, yeah. I mean, we only have one thing left. Okay. Um. So <laughs> our final bit. Oh wait, then I do have something. Okay. Go ahead. It's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just shaking up the whole program today. <laughs> Adding on to the con things, and I yes. want to preview this for... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it next week, is that um, we are getting two Game of Thrones stars coming to Chicago. It's all about Chicago coming this weekend. week. Yeah. Um, Kit Harrington and Gwendolyn Christie are coming to Ace Comic Con um, starting this Friday through Sunday. Very exciting. And so I will be there this weekend. So I will finally get to see some Game of Thrones cast members. Um, Shove a microphone in his face. <laughs> I wish. So um, let's see. Kit's taking the stage Sunday, I believe, and Gwendolyn is Saturday. And so I'm going to be live tweeting some of those um, cool. panels. Uh, you can follow me at Mia J Media on Twitter, and I'll have all the updates for you all. So look Mia forward to J that. Mia J Media, it's yeah. In the comments. I mean, that's cool. I'm I'm kind of surprised Kit Harrington is is doing a con. Yeah, I'm like like I haven't heard of him doing many of those. Yeah, and it 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 will like mostly be for photo ops and for autographs and stuff like that. Uh, but I mean, hey, this is your chance to like see and take a picture with Kit Harrington. So I'm I wouldn't pass up on that and i mean I, i'm not sure it, i i, I think i, I want to say he's doing a panel but honestly you know better he's than doing would. yeah a um kind of just like a one-off it's him and probably a moderator and sure. they'll just be talking you know in the stranger cons thing there's it wasn't even a moderator they just got up on the stage and just like <laughs> here i am and just like the tweens lined up to ask questions and that was it we'll see <laughs> i would i would love that. i would love either one just it, you know what? I think it'll be interesting, though, because he wasn't at San Diego Comic-Con, and he's coming he's to not, this, no. which is pretty monumental. So finally, It was just him. So, yeah, that's, we'll that's see, what I think We'll see what he says. Gets. It's all about Chicago this week. George <laughs> yeah. R. R. Martin's here. Stranger Con's here. Kit Harrington, Quentin Christie yeah. are here. It's the best place. Okay. Anyway, finally, um, because a single person said they liked it when we did uh, 
fashion analyses. Yeah. Um, I thought we'd throw this on the end of this episode. Um, just because I saw Gwendolyn Christie in this outfit at the premiere of a movie, and mm. I was like, hot damn, that's a great-ass <laughs> outfit. So, why do we talk about it? So, welcome to Take the Black Fashion, fashion. Recap. We don't have a name for it yet. I we suggest something. Okay. Roll the image of Ms. Gwendolyn Christie at the premiere of her movie, uh, The Personal History of David Copperfield, which oh. is from uh, Amato Iannucci of Veep, who I love. Yeah. Um, holy crap. My heart. <laughs> Look at that. Oh. I'm just going to sit there, look at it for a second. I love it. I love how sculptured it is. Yeah. I love how there's so much, like, shape to yeah. it. Like, it fits her body nice, but it's also got, like, these, like, the, these kind of, like, flares out. Yeah. Have you ever been to Midway Airport? Yes, I know what you're talking about. Oh, yes. <laughs> Chicago again. And there's that long, like, conveyor belt that goes under the two terminals. Uh-huh. And there's, like, squiggly lights above it. Yeah, it looks like it's, that. It's like she's wearing that. Except a lot more tasteful. And <laughs> yes. I just love, again, how, just like wherever she's at, it looks like she just exudes so much confidence. Like, head up, yeah. shoulders, back. And she's like, I know I'm rocking this. You don't even have to tell me. It's, 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 it's like... It's like a part of a magic eye poster almost. It, it where like is. Where like squiggles and like, I know I'm not going to see anything if I look at it, but I'm going to keep yeah, staring at it until yeah. I have to stop. Like, yeah, it's that's a remarkably good looking oh, gown. Yeah. She she really knows how to command a room. I love her so much. Wow. Apparently she's like married to a fashion, de- or not, I, I think she's uh, partnered with a fashion designer. Oh, okay. So, which could explain some why she always yeah. looks so ridiculously good. Yeah. And then, you know. There's also a picture of her on her uh, her new uh, on this movie, personal show, David Copperfield, where she's like you know in costume, <laughs> right? Not a costume, but just shows you how versatile oh, yes. one person can be. Got the black little bobby hair and the I don't know old timey English cover everything collared dress, and she still looks pretty good. Yes, and still, <laughs> my heart goes out to her. Yeah, I'm not saying we're going to do this every week, but I saw that gown this week and I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Let's talk about that for yeah. a second. Oh, it's sh- really good. Oh, wow. All right. And All right. that's well, that was Take the Black Fashion Recap. Fashion moment. It's very aggressive, but we'll... <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. If anybody has a fun name for it, feel free to suggest it because I don't know. <laughs> I, I want some kind of pun, but I can't think yeah, of one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, any other thoughts before we sign off? And again, a song that Josh in hiatus. But oh, have you started the reading the book yet? You know what? What was that? You gave it to me like last week. Yeah, it must have been last week. Yeah. So no. <laughs> <laughs> if only I weren't so busy. I had a lot of stuff to yes, do this true. weekend. I went to Ikea this weekend. I had to build my, well, my dad built my stuff. So there's a lot of stuff going on. So like George R. R. Martin, though, or unlike him, I will find the time <laughs> <laughs> to get through this material. <laughs> okay, perfect. Love it. All right. Well, no, it happens. When that happens, we'll have a song of Dan and Mia back. Uh, Until then, we'll be back next week with more Song of Ice and Fire news, more Game of Thrones discussion, more fantasy and sci-fi forecasting and important information. We hope you'll join us uh, here at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on our Facebook page. Otherwise, there is... uh, (laughs) We're available on iTunes, Google Play, where podcasts are sold or downloaded. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.